Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the PlayStation Report. We're back. We took a little bit of a break. Um, I'm moving into my house. I still have some stuff to do, but, like, I'm in the house. I'm in the new place right now. Um, and with all that being said, we're going to do a Game of the Year podcast in which I haven't had time to actually play all the games I wanted to play. So, Tyler, this one might be on you. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. I you you might I, be the kingmaker here. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I didn't get to play. There was a few that I wanted to get to that I didn't. Um, yeah, I, I've just kind of been cleaning some stuff up and and everything. So it's all good. I literally, though. I literally made up an award um, called the apology, in which I will apologize for all the games that I didn't get around to. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, 2022 was a weird year. I feel like the front half, or the front, yeah, half, I guess you could say. And then the back half, like, last two, three months were pretty crazy. But there was this weird period in the middle where it was like there wasn't a ton of stuff that came out. So, yeah, like, on one hand, it's a lot of games at the beginning of the year that you might have forgotten about. (laughs) And then the rush at the end. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, man. But we're going to do it. We're going to try our best. We're going to give out some awards. Uh, We're going to give out our Game of the Year award. Um, We'll save that for last. Um, uh, Let's... Okay, so... hmm. I'm not sure how we wanted to... Do we just want to get into our categories right away here? Yeah, let's Um, just do our categories. So, yeah, we, we all each make up a bunch of dumb, fun categories on our own. Yeah, because we, as you know, awards are fake, and, uh, you know, we might as well have fun with them. Exactly. Um, so I've only come up with three awards categories. I'm just going to dish out the names of these categories, uh, just so I'm not sure if we have overlap between us, because we didn't collaborate on these. Um, I have the Apology, the I Forgot I Played That, and the Time Machine. Um mm. Which is, you know, the game that, you know, transported me through time. And uh, I... Games that kept me up at night. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, w- what have you got for your categories? I got the best game I've played, but didn't have enough time to play it award. And it could have made my list, probably. <laughs> um, the The... Oh, wait, holy shit, that came out this year award? The Fuck Your Last Boss Fight award. The mm. And then this one kind of is the opposite. The That was one of the best boss fights I've ever played in my life award. Final boss fights. Um, and then the the last one I got is Maybe You Focus Tested Too Much and It Sucks and Please Stop award. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> might be um, able to guess on what that might be. There, there's a couple. But, wow. Yeah. Those are the the fun ones that I got. Well, well, well. Um, well, since you have five, correct? You have five categories there, and I have three. I think you should start, and then I just put mine in between one of yours. So, okay. All right. Um, I'll start with uh, the maybe you focus tested too much, and it sucks. And please stop. Award. Uh, I'm going to give that to Horizon Forbidden West. Wow, um, okay, okay. 
there's a couple other games that could have made it. Um, but here's the thing, and it's and I love Horizon Forbidden West. Maybe I'll talk about it more later. But even with like God of War is another really good one. Of it's just so painfully obvious now that it's just like. We did this because, you know, we were testing things and people got stuck here. You walk into the room, there's characters or Aloy or Atreus, whoever, is telling you how to solve the puzzle right away. Where to go right away. And it's like, can we just stop with this stuff? Um, And it's just becoming a little too much with PlayStation First Party specifically. I don't think it's a great direction for AAA games to go in. I think if they want to do that, and I know it's probably more work, but do some customizing like uh, settings or something like that. That you know, we, maybe we can turn that stuff on and off, or have different variables with it. Um, it's just something that I really noticed this year that is just really getting to me in in these big AAA titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah could also like rename that specifically to the please shut the fuck up award <laughs> yeah that that too that too i mean especially aloy aloy is just the worst uh you know I, i'm not saying that specifically about her character but specifically about that piece of the game design it's just like bah, 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 bah. you're just constantly talking and please please stop let me enjoy what i'm doing and if the game, you know, whatever, through the design, detects that I'm stuck for five minutes on a fucking puzzle. Okay, give me a hint or something like that. But you'll need to tell it to me right away or tell me exactly where to go right away. It's just, I think that's, you know, part of the reason why games like Elden Ring have exploded because there is none of that shit, you know? It's just one thing that's great about games is get, kind of getting lost in it, figuring things out on your own, having that oh shit moment. Um, there's... Things can still happen in those games. It's just in, in different ways. Um, so, and I just think some of that, some of that design just kind of takes away from it. So, um, I will do the next two because they kind of go hand in hand for me, and then we'll get yours thrown in here. Then, so the fuck your last boss fight award goes to Metal Hellsinger. Okay. Um, I. This- this is Go disappointing ahead. to hear. I was hoping that, that that would have wrapped up better for you. Yeah, I played a lot of that game. I literally got to the final boss fight, and it just felt cheap and annoying to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm not playing this anymore. Like, I'm just kind of done. Um, and it's also one of those boss fights where it's like, the game is at a pretty consistent difficulty all the way through. And, you, you know, you're you're challenged, but you're not like... Like, holy shit, that was super hard, but the rest of this is super easy. But you get to that end, and it's just like this fucking wall. Um, It was so frustrating to me. Um, The rest of the game is neat. I think even though it is shorter, it's only... You can get through in about five or six hours, but... um, Even though it is shorter, I found it just to get a little bit repetitive overall. Um, But it's neat. I mean, it is really cool when the music's thumping, you're... You're in the fucking zone, but yeah, this last boss fight was just a little too, a little too cheap for me, and just really soured me on trying to finish that game. It almost felt like not as bad, but almost there. The ending of uh, Wolfenstein: Youngblood. Um, yeah, 
if you remember that. Like, that last boss fight sucked, and this one does too. So then on the flip side, I want to recognize one of the best boss fights I've ever played in my life. Not a PlayStation game, but I have to shout out. It goes to Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Okay, um, wow, surprise. Oh my gosh, the, the ending of this game is absolutely fucking amazing. Um, the final boss fight, this is one of those where it's like, it's tough, but it doesn't feel cheap. It's very fair. It's very fun. Uh, you really gotta gotta be on your toes, and it's weird to say that uh, it, with a Kirby title. Um, but the music's thumping, the visuals are dope, and then the mouthful mode comes in, and you turn into a fucking bus, and all sorts of crazy shit happens. And it's fucking awesome, and it's just it's one of the the best things I've ever played because not only was it challenging in a way that the end of a game should be challenging, but it was also just so incredibly fun and put just such a massive smile on your face where you walk away from that experience going, that was fucking awesome. And I loved every second of that. Um, So yeah, shout out to that. If you're playing that game, if you never have any intention to play that game, just look up the final boss fight. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's some Fast and Furious shit, but for Kirby. So yeah, I yeah. just, I just came up with another category um, for right. myself that I'm that I just thought of, um, and you know what? I'll just do it right now. Um, do it. A tear in my eye. The games that you know made me tear up a little bit. Um, I've got a couple nominees here. I'm I'm just thinking this out right now um but you know citizen sleeper is one of these games that's nominated it's not my winner but you know just the ways that the story develops and like uh the way that it uh showcases how communities are formed and how communities support uh the people within them and you know trying to introduce yourself and in, in, like integrate into a community and you know trying to find those uh, systems of support that was a very a very moving game very touching stories uh, within that game um, the the, mo- the most touching of which is uh, this one uh, uh, shipyard worker that you help uh, get him and uh, his kid off the off the station into a better place uh, but you stay behind because you have stuff to do um, uh, but you know the winner <coughs> is Pentiment um, like I so I haven't even gotten to the good shit in Pentiment and it's already making me tear up a little bit Ooh. because of, you know the, the the ways that like society works well worked back then and you know the type of people who are in power and like how difficult it is to help anyone without pissing off everyone else. Um, yeah, it's it's a real tearjerker, you know. Even though like this this game does does this thing where like, hey, um, well, in my case, I, I should have prefaced this whole podcast with there's going to be spoilers for video games. Definitely to your podcast. Yeah, but um, so between act like act one is pretty much about trying to save your dear old friend from getting executed for a crime he didn't commit and you have to make so many fucking awful choices to try to try to save him because like it it's a crime and you have very little a crime you have very little time to uh try to solve 
and you like you just don't have enough time to really get a good grasp on who may have who may have committed this murder so like i saved him but like at the end of act one like you say your goodbyes to him and then act two is like it's a time jump like seven years later and this was an old man mind you but act two just jumps in and your character is older he has his apprentice with him and you're standing at his grave at the at the grave of your friend because you're passing through to pay your respects to your friend seven years later and like you live with the effects of what what you did in that town and who you accused and yeah it's a a very emotional video game (laughs) yeah Um, sounds like it yeah that sounds great that almost kind of makes me want to really play that game there are no good choices (laughs) there really aren't (laughs) it's like just try to live with like trying to live with the choices you do make um that's why pentiment stuck so so well with me but yeah a tear in my eye pentiment (laughs) so why don't you do your next award then okay the next one Let's see. Let's just go up here uh, to the time machine. The games right. I've played that have just transported me from 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. And, you know, just the nature of my work schedule, that's actually useful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the games I have up here are Vampire Survivors. Um, I believe Jess- Jeff Gerstmann coined the term ass game. Um, the auto shooting survival game. Ah, um, <laughs> that's great. Because there that's are other games in this category, right? Um, but yeah, Vampire Survivors was, was was the biggest ass game of the year, and um, it's very good. It's like it's totally mindless. You're you're just moving your character while shit's popping off, and you're choosing your upgrade path and all that. Um, but yeah, that that was very fun. Uh, the other game, other game I've nominated here that didn't win is Fortnite. I played so much Fortnite with uh, with Keith. We've we've stayed up way too late playing Fortnite. It's just so easy to ready up and drop into another match right away. Um, that's like the one thing Fortnite still has over every single other battle royale that I've played, is that it's so easy to just pop into another match. Like right matchmaking doesn't fucking take forever like it does in Warzone sometimes. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, but the winner of the Time Machine. Tyler, this is a recent one that you probably guessed. It's Dwarf Fortress. Yeah, that's kind of what I was I was thinking you would go with. Yeah. And, you know, in a way, it is thematically correct because Dwarf Fortress, I'm just moving through the seasons trying to develop my community, develop this this dwarf fortress trying to develop like you know hey i'm trying to build a hospital before you know the next time the goblins attack so you know i can maybe save some people rather than letting them bleed out um and just learning the systems and just the flow of the game and trying to see trying to discover things you can do to help make life better for your dwarves um it's just so easy to like when you're in in this mode where you're building something where you're pretty much managing a whole a whole civilization of dwarves like 
you just sit there and you're like, wow, I need to, there are like so many different things that I need to be managing at once. I need to put in all these other work orders. I need to program these work orders to repeat after a certain amount of time or under certain conditions. Just so much management and just watching the machine run. It's really, it's really good. It's really good. And it's, it's easy to just sit down and be like, oh, I'm going to play a little bit of Dwarf Fortress. And then it's like you've played three years in-game which translates to, oh, uh, you've been playing this for six hours. Uh, you should maybe stand up, stretch a little bit, maybe go get some water. <laughs> um, I've, I'm very guilty of just sitting down with Dwarf Fortress and forgetting that I exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Dwarf Fortress is the time machine. Also a game that is over a decade old. <laughs> that just got its Steam release, so... You know, a time machine in multiple ways. Right on. That's that's awesome. It does seem like a game that, you you know, if you get it, you are very much going to be lost in it for a while. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, so how many how many you got left? Four I have two left before okay. the end of the year. Me too. Okay. All right, so I'll go next uh, with... Wait, holy shit, that came out this year award. Do you have any guesses what it might be? Rainbow Six Extraction. Yes. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I was going through all the games I played this year, and I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe that came out this year. That was January. Um, yeah. And yes, it, I mean, it's nearly a year ago at this point, but, you know, we played it a couple times, and then that is it. And it was fine. It's that's the thing. It's fine, but it's so just not memorable. I, there's not a lot of things about it that felt memorable to me. It's just so much of the level design, what you're doing, and the enemies just felt rather generic. The progression kind of sucked. Nah, it, I'm okay. It's a game that makes me a little bit worried about um, Redfall next year, or this year rather. Yeah, depending on what what Redfall is, if it's more of a Left for Dead style game, I heard a st- or just read the headline of a story that they compared it to Far Cry, which mm. take that as you as you want as well. So I, it kind of depends on what Redfall turns out to be, but still, I feel like Redfall will have will be infinitely more interesting than Rainbow Six Extraction. Um, I think the thing that sort of sucks too about this in a way is years ago, Plain Siege, they had an event that basically inspired what Extraction was going to be. That event was actually really fucking cool. And I was like, okay, if they do this, I'm, I can be down for this. It, it was, it was neat. Um, but yeah, just the way that this game turned out and even after multiple delays, it was like, oh my God, just very boring did not really think about it at all once we uh once we finished it so that that is that is my i can't believe that came out this year award wow and that's very similar to my next uh my next category in which rainbow six extraction is was one of my nominees uh for i forgot i played that right um Rainbow Six Extraction is on this list uh, for many of those same reasons. Um, I also forgot about Stray a little bit. 
Mm. Because it it was a cute cat, but like as a video game, it was very very basic. Yeah, me and the me and the wife finished Stray over Christmas time, New Year's time, mm-hmm. and. There was a genuinely really great story moment towards the end where some things kind of came together, but outside of that, I was like, you know, this game's fine. You know, I wasn't super duper itching to go back to it, but it is short, um, which I think helps. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you there. I can I can totally understand that. But Tyler, can you guess the game that I forgot I played almost entirely? Man, I'm actually I'm trying to think. Don't look but at the I'm, list of games in the other spreadsheet on the, on that other page. Don't don't look at that. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come to me once you say it. But yeah, go it, for what, it. It was Diablo Immortal. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally forgot that thing happened um, this year. I thought this. I thought Diablo Immortal was way longer ago than uh, 2022. Uh, but it turns out it was a 2022 game, and uh, I played it. I didn't like it, and I stopped playing it. Um, <laughs> that's that's just how it goes with some games. Uh, uh, but yeah, I totally I totally blanked that Diablo Immortal happened, and I guess it's still happening to some extent. Yeah, um, it's still going. Some people are giving them money. I don't know, like the whole model they had, kind of gave me the ick and I left <laughs> yeah I think that's kind of one of the things for me too and then wasn't it weird to install it um, I thought there was something was, up with that I think it was I mean it kind of held me on back my phone, maybe it was thinking, fine okay yeah. maybe I'm thinking something else but yeah I, I remember downloading an Apple app, thing maybe, yeah maybe it was an Apple thing because on Android it was easy Okay. Yeah, dude, I mean, what's your your feelings on, I mean, do you see, could you see Blizzard putting any of that monetization into 3, or 4, Diablo 4, sorry. Um, if they do, it will be, <laughs> I will, I will become the Joker if they do that. <laughs> it, they yeah, can't. That'd be bad. Like, I don't know how well Diablo <clears throat> Immortal is doing, but, like, it isn't in the headlines. Like, there aren't news stories on, like, updates and shit for Diablo Immortal. That, like, when I'm scanning for other other news stuff, like, I don't see stuff about, hey, Diablo Immortal is doing this event or in this event or whatever. Like, they aren't doing so well that I'm seeing them, like in the news or advertising on other platforms. I have not seen an advertisement for Diablo Immortal in, like, months. Um, Same. So, yeah. Like, I really... Like, not even on Twitch. Like, Twitch advertises so many different fucking mobile games, and I've not seen a single ad for Diablo Immortal. So, I'm not sure how well that game is doing. <laughs> yeah, I'd be curious on that as well. Because, yeah, I mean, after... The controversy of Diablo Immortal, the controversy of, uh, you know, Diablo 3's launch with the auction house and stuff. They gotta just nail 4. I fully expect there to be some sort of monetization, but I hope it's good. I mean, they have to know that. I mean, I almost, I, can, I guarantee you they'll do, like, some sort of 
battle pass sort of thing because that's yeah. just what video games do anymore. And um, but I wonder if they're going to release it as a full price game with a battle pass because in those situations I found that kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I totally expect there to be some sort of seasons and battle pass and stuff, maybe. But, you know, hopefully they'll just launch the game and then, you know, two months later or something like that, they'll, they'll get in on that. I could see, considering that Diablo Four is supposed to be a little bit more open, like open world. They're basically saying, I could see a Destiny Two like battle pass maybe working in Diablo. That could be fun. Um, because with Destiny 2s, you're just kind of playing the game, really. Um, and just doing, you know, quests and playing multiplayer. And whatever you're doing, you're just feeding into that battle pass. And it's just giving you, you know, upgrade items. Or uh, there's very few, you know, weapons in there. They're giving you skins, emotes, all that stuff, obviously. So I could see something like that working pretty well for Diablo 4. I wouldn't mind that. But, yeah, I guess we'll see. All right. Um, so I believe our last category here, both of ours are very similar. Mine is an apology to video games. Yours is video games that you didn't quite play enough to put on your list. Um, yes. So, so I'll, get, I'll get into mine here. I didn't get a chance to play uh, a big one for me that I'm sure could have totally made my my end of year list is a Plague Tale Requiem. I didn't get a chance to play that. Um, I did want to check out Callisto Protocol. I don't, yeah, I don't think it would have made my list, but um, but I have to say, a game that I've played maybe two hours, maybe a little less. Um, that I I just had to check it out. I did not play enough of it, but I I totally could understand, and I want to go back to it. I totally understand where people are coming from with this game, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy addicting, is Vampire Survivors. Oh, yeah. You can, put, you can download it on your phone. I know. You can play it on yeah. your phone. Yeah. I, uh... It's free. I, <laughs> yeah, it is, and, and it's... I didn't play it on my phone. I played it on my Xbox, but I... It was... Dude, this game is so fucking good. How is this game this good? Um... I, I absolutely want to go back to it. I just kind of had to stop myself and be like, "No, I gotta, I gotta do some other things first because I could see I could just sink time into it. Um, it's so simple yet so fun, and just the the simple thing of you aren't attacking; they're all like automated, basically, and you're just moving around and and stuff and on the map, finding stuff and upgrades just the numbers are going up you're just fucking wrecking dudes left and right oh my gosh it's amazing then even just after that like you know you get to upgrade stuff with all the the gold you you have and it's just this fucking loop of so so much good stuff um in that in that game i absolutely loved it it's a great like don't get me wrong the soundtrack is pretty fucking popping in that game but it's also just a great podcast game like I was sitting there for two hours just listening to podcasts and being like this is fucking awesome and then all yeah. of a sudden time just disappears um, if I played more of that I could honestly see that game on, in my top five um, it, it was that much fun when I played it so definitely definitely want to get back to that so that is my best game I played but didn't get to play enough Lord. 
All right. Mine's a little bit different. This is an apology. This is most of these games I haven't really touched. Um, so I'd like to apologize to Horizon Forbidden West, although maybe you're think making me think that maybe I shouldn't apologize as much. <laughs> um, I'd like to apologize to Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, there's just not enough time to catch up to play all the Xenoblade games. Yeah. Um, I'd like to apologize to Norco, a game that I've started and just never got far enough into to get a real feel for like how good it actually is. Um, I'd also like to apologize to Immortality, a game that has some interesting mechanics that I've heard of um, and, a, and a story that's from secondhand sources, I, you know, seems pretty cool. Um, but the biggest apology I'd like to make this year is to Square Enix and all of their tactics games that I didn't play, even <laughs> though I love tactics games, and they released, like, four or five of them this year. I'd like to apologize to Square Enix for that. Uh, that's my bad. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I really feel bad about that. Yeah, they did put out a lot of a lot of different strategy games this year over there. At Square and I Enix. played none of them. <laughs> it's so yeah. awful. I feel I feel like such a fake uh, fake fan of uh, Square Enix uh, tactics games. It's just um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll find some time for them. They like they do. I feel like a lot of them do run pretty well on the Steam Deck. So maybe I'll get around to them. Yeah. Uh, Square had a weird year, man. I mean, they they released some pretty nice games, but then also just like farted out a ton of shit this year. Oh, I'd also on, on that on this apology to Square Enix, I'd like to apologize for not getting around to Final Fantasy Origins or Ooh. Final Fan, Final Yeah, Stranger of Paradise. Yeah, I I want to apologize for that. I I think I would have loved maybe not the game, but the the dialogue and like I think I would have loved what the characters say in that video game. Right. Yeah. Game seems ridiculous. Uh, all right. Let's get down to it. Game of the year. We do this every year where we, you know, compile a list of the games that we deserve to be, we think deserve to be recognized. Um, Tyler, I noticed that uh, you still haven't played Elden Ring. Nope. <laughs> I just want to shame you for a moment. If we, before we get into this game of the year uh, discussion, I we should just shame each other for the games the other person hasn't played. I, I'm going to shame you for not playing Elden Ring. Um, you're you're a coward. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I am absolutely. Um, <laughs> that that is. I'm probably. I feel like the one gamer that did not gamer. I hate using that term, but. Gamer. The one person who plays video games pretty often that did not play Elden Ring this year. Maybe one day. But yes, that is my one thing. Um, Man, what, what, what can I shame you about? I'm going to have to shame you because I think you would just absolutely love it. On, I don't think you played Destiny 2 The Witch Queen. You're right. You're right. And... It to me that expansion blows beyond light, like out of the fucking water. Um, blows a lot of them out of the Here's water. The thing. Honestly, here's the thing: I paid for the Witch Queen. I paid ah. the deluxe edition, 
I, with with the battle pass and everything, and I just didn't play it. Damn. Yeah, you gotta go back and play that. I mean, even just the campaign alone is worth it to me in that in that in that expansion. It's it's so fucking good. The best Destiny campaign, one of the best Bungie campaigns they've ever made. Even going back to Halo titles, absolutely awesome. So that'd be the one I have to pick for you, I think. Okay. Well, let's get down to it. Um, so we're going to start with number five uh, for each. We each have a top five. We're going to compile it to, to you know, a comp- compile top five, whatever. Um, but my top five, I'm going to write down right now, Citizen Sleeper. Ooh. You know, another game that I don't think you played, did you? I did not, no. Even though it was on Game Pass, right? Correct. Okay. I uh, just wanted to <laughs> clarify that uh, there were no barriers for you to play this game. Um, I found Citizen Sleeper to be uh, pretty compelling uh, on many levels. I I love. I previously talked about uh, you know the story and that you know about the themes about building community and all that, but uh, the game itself, um, the mechanics of uh, trying to maintain uh, your android body um, and uh, the mechanics of like these daily dice rolls. So, what hits hard for me is like um, some days, some cycles. I they go by cycles because you're in a space station. No concept of days. So some cycles, like you roll the dice, and you already know you're gonna have a bad day because you roll the dice at the beginning of the day, and those are the dice you have to use for different activities throughout the station. Um, so yeah, it's just. Some days you're going to have really good days. You're going to have an awesome role, and you know like where you want to put certain roles. But then some days you're like, man, I'm only performing at a, t- at a two or a one today. Like, where do I want to put that two or one? Um, where do I have like, where do I have the room to fail? Um, so that that's where I'm going to put those dice. Um, yeah, it's it's a very interesting game. There are a lot of different things going on at once. A lot of timers. A lot of events uh, that you're trying to uh, prepare for. Um, yeah, it's it's very uh, interesting, interestingly designed game and an incredibly written game. Um, and yeah, it was one of the games that actually released early in the year that I remembered. <laughs> so <laughs> it has that going for it. <laughs> yeah, stuck with you. Cool. Uh, my number five. Is Modern Warfare 2. Okay. Um, I think this is the best Call of Duty in a really, really long time. I think it's probably, from a multiplayer standpoint, probably even better than uh, Modern Warfare 2019 to me. Um, The campaign had its moments, but wasn't the greatest Call of Duty campaign for sure. A lot to be desired, I think, in the writing department. A lot of missions that just kind of felt a little samey, um, but had some cool moments. Don't get me wrong. Uh, absolutely fucking gorgeous through the campaign as well. Just these games are just stunning to look at. Um, but it's just that multiplayer. This multiplayer is just so good in so many ways. I mean, not only is the base multiplayer good, I like a lot of just the interesting stuff that they're doing with it in terms of events. Um, there's a lot of 
lot of gameplay modes you can get into. Um, Warzone's really great. That map is really good. A lot of the maps for the base multiplayer is really good. Progression's amazing. Customization of all your weapons is fucking awesome. Like, there's so many, just so many good things in this in this game. And uh, yeah, I, I absolutely adore it. Still, still playing it. Um, still loving it. An awesome game. Yeah, yeah. I I've also really liked Modern Warfare too. Um, the campaign kind of drags for me a little bit. Like there there are some mm-hmm. missions that just like I would not want to replay that campaign. <laughs> no, <laughs> not that I, I don't think so do, either. But like I there there was a time where I would replay a campaign here or there. But like recently, like there just aren't many campaigns worth replaying. Um. Yeah, I I enjoy it. I'd like to play more DMZ. Um, yeah, I agree. I'd like DMZ to be more accessible to solo players. Yeah, uh, I can see that too. Because right now it's just it's kind of bad if you don't have a crew. Um, but yeah. Um, Tyler, you're going to hate me for not my number four. You're going to hate that it's only number four for me. But I'm going to preface this with, I have not completed this video game. Um, but uh, by that very uh, same same, uh, same line of thinking, it's lucky to be here, because I haven't finished it. God of War Ragnarok. Oh, shit. Is my number four. Um, <coughs> it's, it's just incredible. I imagine you're going to talk a little bit more about it later, so we'll save that discussion for then, right? You yes. Higher on your list. Yes, it is on my okay. list. We'll, we'll just save that for later then. All right. Uh, my number four is Horizon Forbidden West. Um, After you talk shit on it. Huh. I talked shit about <laughs> a specific huh. aspect of it that drives me fucking nuts. But everything else I, I really, really like about this game. Um, I like the story... I think it goes into some really bonkers territory to where I'm down if they made a third one. Um, the map was really, really well designed, uh, beautiful throughout. I mean, absolutely, probably the most beautiful game I've ever seen. Um, I really liked a lot of the the uh, side quests as well. Like, I just felt like they were really well done, really great stories and characters in them, um, combat in this game, you know, it's hard to improve upon the first game's combat because it was so good, but this one I feel like is is a little bit better. Maybe there's some things, like, they give you kind of a little bit too many bows and stuff like that, but, you know, you kind of just pick what you like and, and go go with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like this game. I, I think it's a great sequel, and yeah, once again, got trounced, though, by... <laughs> Another game that came right after it, um, like a week later. But but I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it, for sure. Some great moments, too. Um, with the, Not only with the story, but just a couple of those moments in the game that I wish... You know, don't get me wrong, I like having some guidance sometimes in, in, in markers, but... There was a couple moments out in the world, like specifically the tall necks are kind of like the towers that you, you need to find. You can open it up more than a map. 
there's a specific moment with a tall neck later, like the last one that you can basically get in the game, that is just so well done. And it's like, this is just kind of a little side quest. You can unlock more of the map and more missions and, you know, uh, like hideouts to go take out and all that stuff. And it's just this fucking awesome moment. Um, that I wish he could have just discovered a little bit more naturally, but still, when it happens, it's fan fantastic. Um, so yeah, that's my number four. All right, Tyler. This may surprise you. But it is only my number three. Um, a game that I I got up to the edge of completion, so I feel comfortable putting it up here. Elden Ring is my number three. Wow, that's surprising to me. You're not wow. going to be so surprised when you find out what number two and one are. Um, it'll make sense. Uh, I think Elden I Ring, I think. Yeah, I think I might know what one of those games is. I just don't know where it'll land. But yeah, it's surprising me. Uh, talk to me though. Uh, so Elden Ring pulled this pulled this thing where it's like, oh wait, people are uh, slamming their heads into walls here. Um, let's fix that, and they just simply fixed the part of uh, Souls games where people bang their heads against things, and were like, hey, um, look over there. There's more stuff to do over there. Um, <laughs> And that was, I mean, that's the thing that really unlocked this game for a lot of people. And for me, like, I mean, I've beaten other other uh, FromSoft games in, in the Souls-like uh, series. Um, I've beaten Bloodborne. I've beaten the first Dark Souls. Um, it's, like, those games, you do run into things where you just bang your head against something, and it's like, no, you have to figure out how to beat this to advance. And Elden Ring does get to that point late in the game, but for the vast majority of Elden Ring, it's like, hey, um, if you're having trouble, there's probably something else you could be doing. Um, it might not, like, get you towards your end goal, but it'll, like, it's it's something that you can do um, that, like, at this point, you're probably powerful enough to do. Um yeah, Elden Ring improves so much upon a lot of From Software's decisions previously, and uh, just generally, like the community around Elden Ring has been a lot more chill about, like, hey, it's real cool that you know there's multiplayer that you know works better than other From Soft games. I won't say it just works because you know <coughs> that can be complicated. That <laughs> that that's maybe not true to say that it just works, but it works a lot better than other From Soft games have. Um, but like the collaboration, like a lot of the community stuff, Elden Ring, like it's just fantastic. It's like it's probably it it is probably the best. Well, maybe not. the I don't know how to say this. It is the most approachable, in a way, uh, for for the average gamer to come and play. I'm just going to use that. I'm going to use the word gamer unironically until it becomes something <laughs> like whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Elden Ring is just in incredible. It was a shit ton of fun to play. There are so many cool characters, so much cool design in that game, so much cool art, different areas that just look awesome. Um, yeah, fucking love Elden Ring. Right on, man. All right. Uh, my number three is Tunic. Tunic? I, 
Yeah. You should have shamed I'm... me over that one because that's one that I meant to play, but I never did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I Tunic is not for everyone, uh, for sure, but <clears throat> I do think uh, if you give it a shot, it it is a really great game. Um, first of all, obvi- I think the most obvious thing is the art style. I think the art style is just fucking great throughout this entire game um, with all the various areas you get to see. Um, and, you know, the the one main thing about this game is, you know, the game kind of has its own language in a way, and you're discovering that by finding pages of this manual and really just leads you to just discover this world and figure things out. Um, and I think it does it in a really great way that is not frustrating at all, and the world's not too big to where it feels just overwhelming or anything like that, but uh, it, it just, you know, you'll get a page of this manual, and you don't really understand what's on it, but you can kind of tell, like, oh, that's the map, I think I gotta go to here, and then maybe to here, and then I'll pop out over here, and I can get this to ring the bell, basically, um, and it's... There's a lot of great stuff about that. There's a lot of just, oh, I'm wandering into this room and I totally should not be here sort of thing. And um, It's it's really, really great. The music's amazing. Um, it's, it's, it's good. I think the only thing that holds it back a little bit is the combat. I think the combat just suffers when things are really hard in terms of, like, boss fights is when I'm just like, yeah, this, you know, this is kind of frustrating. But there's some options there to help through with that stuff i also really like the ending there's multiple endings and i just kind of stumbled into the bad one without really trying and uh i thought that was really cool in a way and I, like part of me wants to go back and get the good ending but i was like you know what that's my experience with that like that just kind of happened naturally in my playthrough and i'm okay with that um really loved this game it was it was great Yeah. All right, Tyler. It's time for our number twos. Yeah, buddy. My number two is Dwarf Fortress. Wow, um, okay. That's the one I thought might have been number one, but now, no, now no, I'm no. trying to think what could be it. Okay. You, you probably know what number one is. You just don't want to you just don't want to admit it. Um Yeah, maybe. Uh, Dwarf Fortress is a game that obviously did not come out in 2022 obviously it came out like what 14 years ago or something like that but it got its steam release which means a couple of things they improved uh, a lot of things about dwarf fortress there's graphics now tyler there are graphics in this video game <laughs> oh shit <laughs> they added graphics um <laughs> Which um, makes the game just so much more readable, honestly. Um, you could stare at ASCII art all day, and like it just at some point begins to hurt your eyes. Um, whereas, you know, the Steam release of Dwarf Fortress, it's nice on the eyes. There's not much an- in, in the way of animation or any of that. Um, but you can generally see what things are and get a better sense of the environment you're working with uh but just the whole simulation aspect of it the batshit things that can happen um 
I think I mentioned like earlier in, in a previous podcast about my the, the children making items and then mouthing off about them and then thieves coming. Um, I've been attacked by goblins. I've dug too deep and found indescribable horrors that have wiped out my fortresses. Um, there's just there's so much to this game. But the one thing about Dwarf Fortress that really sticks with me is that, hey, you're here to learn. You're here to learn how to run the simulation and try to make your fortress survive. Um, because the first two attempts, I didn't even know how to build a military. And I got fucked on that. <laughs> um, but, you know, what this game like really does encourage is, like, hey, it's really qu- like the first year, first two years of building your fortress... It's just so fast. Like, once you know what you're doing and you have an idea of how you want to lay things out, it just goes by so fast. And then you get to the interesting stuff where it's like, oh, um, the population has grown beyond the point of uh, uh, being able to um, sustain them on what we can produce alone. Let's let's uh, try to plan out uh, how we're going to trade with the caravans to sustain this, uh, sustain this population. And... Um, yeah, it's a. It is the. Um, it is the parent of a lot of games in this genre, um, popularly known like uh, RimWorld is another popular game in this genre. But Dwarf Fortress is where it started, and I still think Dwarf Fortress is the apex of uh, this whole. Hey, you're going to give vague commands to this civilization of of dwarves, and. Um, they're going to do shit, but then they're going to do other shit that you didn't plan for. And uh, just the chaos and just all the stories that come out of it. It's its amazing. Like, I, have, I learned very early on, hey, let's build a tavern near the entrance of my fort so adventurers come by. And if adventurers happen to be around when bad people attack, that's... Those are free soldiers right there. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's its just, there's so much to the simulation, so much that I still have to learn. But yeah, Dwarf Fortress is just one of those games that I, I think might, and it has for a lot of people. A lot of people have been playing this for well over a decade. I think Dwarf Fortress is going to stick with me uh, for a long time. And um, the developers, I think it's just uh, two two guys they say they're going to work on it until they, t- until the day they die. So, like, <laughs> hey, I've got a lot of Dwarf Fortress to look forward to. They keep yeah. updating it. It's, yeah, it's amazing. That's awesome. Wow. All right. <clears throat> My number two is not a, not a PlayStation game, but fuck it. Here we are. Uh, I talked about it a little bit earlier, and that is Kirby in the Forgotten Land. The Curb! Uh, yeah. Uh, I never would have expected to put a Kirby game in my top five, um, for sure. But this game is just so delightful from start to finish uh, that that I was just really blown away by it. It's um, the ending I talked about here is like the best part of the game, but so many things leading up to that is is really great. So many great level designs, different. You know, Kirby's thing is that you can kind of suck in enemies and get new weapons and powers out of that and these are so much fun 
to use in this game. Upgrading them is really cool too. Like you upgrade them and you just you feel like a badass. Um, there's a lot of little like mini challenge levels that you can do in this game that uh, are kind of tough. Some of them, but then you know just really fun overall, especially when you nail it. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're building out your little town. It's cool to see that expand itself. There's uh, little um, uh, collectibles where you can go to almost like a gumball machine, basically, and just put put coins in it, and you're just collecting stuff. And you know that you know those things are great in video games, and it's really cool in this one. And yeah, it's just such a delightful experience. If you've never played a Kirby game, I would highly recommend this one. And if this one doesn't do it for you, then you're probably never going to like any Kirby at all. But this is hands down like the best Kirby game I've ever played. And I haven't played too many of them, but man, this one's this one's good. I love it. Yeah, I've got to say, I feel a lot of shame for not playing Kirby. Dude, it's 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 awesome, man. I mean, it's like, I can't believe what they did with it. I mean, I just wrapped up with the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I completed my Pokedex, uh, so... Oh, shit. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, I think Kirby might be the next thing I put on my Switch. Yeah, it's, it's worth it. It's not too long. I mean, it's it's a, it's a it doesn't overstay its welcome. I mean, I think I finished in like 10 hours, maybe, maybe 12. I can't remember, but nothing too crazy. Especially if you wanted to. If you wanted to skip some of the side stuff, you could, but uh, I think it's it's worth it to do all right okay by process of elimination i already know your number one is god of war ragnarok so let's talk about that yes sure um yeah my my number one is is god of war ragnarok um kind of no surprise i think um but to me i i just i loved so much of this game i think i like 2018 more but I think 20, you know, God of War Ragnarok's probably the better game. Um, in that, I think combat's better. I think the environments are more fun to explore. Although a little bit of a pain in the ass, especially when you're trying to get to Platinum or something like that. And a lot of backtracking. Um, you know, fast travel's not the greatest still. Uh, the map's not the greatest. But those are just little things to me. Um, I think with 2018, I think the story just sticks with me a little bit more. Than, than in God of War Ragnarok, but there are several absolutely amazing moments in God of War Ragnarok, uh, story-wise, especially towards the end of the game. The end of the game is just absolutely fucking awesome. Um, I love the story of this game, the themes of this game, um, and yeah, even some of the more post-game stuff is just super well done. I, I did go through and get the Platinum, and there's some really tough boss fights that I had to drop it to the lowest difficulty just to finish it to get the platinum. But I'm like, holy shit, like this is tough but fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just think combat's just so much better in this game um, with different, lots of different options, uh, lots of different upgrades. And yeah, it might might be overwhelming at first. I can see see that but once you really start to get into it it's it's not too bad um and yeah i just i loved playing this game it's it's awesome um so yeah god of war ragnarok is my game of the year 
Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty incredible. I I, I really do like uh, the different character dynamics and the different pairings that they've they've done so far as I've played. Um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. I I'm excited to finish it. Where? What's the last thing you did? Um. All right, so spoilers, obviously. Uh, I went back to Midgard, uh, to the lake of, with with Tyr's temple with Freya. Okay. Yep. So, so that that's where I'm at. Um, cool. Yeah. Right on. Uh, my number one, Tyler. I don't know how you didn't see this coming. I, I think I might know what it is now. Yep. Gran okay. Turismo there we 7. Go. Right on. Gran Turismo 7 is maybe one of the greatest games ever made. <laughs> greatest it's, car it's, game ever made, obviously. It's really um, good. <laughs> like, the amount of attention and care they give to each and every vehicle, how they have, like, three different old men in a cafe that want to tell you about the vehicle that you're currently in. Um, the, the totally on-their-bullshit museum that you can just... Look through and flip through not only car history but just history itself, and just flip through the history of the world. Um, the races are cool. The driving is great. I I love the driving. Um, I need to get a new racing uh, a simulator rig uh, so I can get back in there. But like, even you you played on a controller and it seems to work just fine for you on a controller. And I've heard similar yeah. from other people who've played it as well. Yeah, it works great with the dual sense. Feels great with the triggers and everything. It's yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah, and like with like, I mean, they had plenty of single player stuff to do. The multiplayer is awesome. They I, they pretty much pulled the multiplayer from Gran Turismo Sport and put it in here, um, and that's that's an amazing system. Um, yeah, I just I've really loved Gran Turismo ever since I was a little kid. And it's been a while since, like, we've got, like, a le- like Gran Turismo Sport was the only Gran Turismo on the PS4. I think they did bring Gran Turismo 6, 6 forward, but that was a PS3 game. But Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think they did bring 6 forward. Oh, they never forward. did? No, I think oh, it's stranded so it was on just PS3. Sport. Yeah, so, just yeah sport. it was just Sport on the, the, on the PlayStation 4. Um, but yeah, Gran Turismo 7 was... Oh, God, I had such a great time playing that. And did you get to the end credit sequence? Yeah. Oh I my did. God, that was <laughs> that was like one of the most bizarre but amazing things ever for me in a video game. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh my, yeah, just a celebration of car culture, a celebration of just like the series in general. Like, I, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I I may have cried at the end of Gran Turismo Seven a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it brought a, it, that awesome. one might have brought a tear to my eye. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I just really love like the escapes are amazing. Like the photogrammetry they've done to make the cars look like they're in those spaces. Like you can you can get some really amazing photography out of that. Um, yeah, they it's like the whole package, man. Like it really I just is. Love Gran Turismo Seven so much. Definitely. Yeah, I think, too, I, I loved the, what are they called, missions? Yeah, yeah. Um, Those things are, are the so menu good. Items. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I think about that last challenge where you got to do 
spa in the wet oh, or like oh half no. wet yeah, half those dry challenges Shit. yeah yeah like Holy those fuck. are so good like if you I get remember offline spending a whole weekend doing that <laughs> yeah if you get offline you were just fucked and it's it's just that that perfection that is needed to get like the the best time out of that that is great and super fun rewarding but then also to compare it to your friends basically and you can see the times they set and you're like motherfucker how did how did frank beat me by three tenths in that like i felt like i absolutely nailed that and and then you're like fuck it i gotta go again um throttle control baby yeah what i got on that on that pedal (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's it's addicting and it's it's yeah it's it's an awesome game this game was number six for me basically all right I uh I, I enjoy it as well. I could see how it's your game of the year for sure. All right. I so I haven't done the math, Tyler, but stick with me here. I think I'm gonna pay I'm gonna copy and paste what I think the final list is. Um just based on what I what I see here. And if you disagree, you can go you can go ahead and tr- try to light me up about it. But I think that's the top five. I, yes. No, I, I think that's top five. Um, I would almost... So the top five right now, as it is, is God yeah. of War, Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7, Kirby, Dwarf Fortress, and then Elden Ring. I could almost see, though, Grand, and be okay with GT7 being our game of the year, though. Now, oh, hear man. me out. I know, I know it seems like the past, you know, a couple times here uh, we've done this, I've conceded. But hear me out, and, and this is you know me talking about my game of the year. Are you having regrets? Are you having regrets about your list? <laughs> ah, no, not necessarily regrets. Just I'm just kind of you know as we're talking about, I'm like, man, great GT Seven is fucking amazing. Um, Grand God of War Ragnarok is great and is better in so many ways than God of War 2018, but it is kind of just the continuation of that. It's part two. God of more. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it? awesome. It's it's so well done. Like if you want that style of game, you you can't go wrong. I mean, it's probably the best one of those really you could go with. But GT Seven, yes, it's another Gran Turismo. I can see people arguing that with what I just said about God of War. But like you said, it really truly is the whole package. Like it has so many different pieces. Like- Presentation-wise, it, it's unmatched. Like, there's 100%. no other game that presents itself with more, like, respect to its subject matter than Gran Turismo does. Yeah. And no one gives this game, and I'm going to even say this genre, as much love as I feel like they deserve, unless it's a Forza Horizon game. I love those games, too. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like we need to throw love to GT7, I'd be totally fine with it. It's it's an amazing, amazing experience. Okay, Tyler. Let's make the gamers unhappy. If I get that, if I... if, if All right, we're gonna, I'm going to revise this right here. I'm going to revise this. If you get that... Oh, oh hold on. Never mind. <laughs> if you get that, I'm willing... In the spirit of, you know, maybe pissing off gamers doing that. <laughs> You're thinking of 
uh, putting Tunic in and throwing Elden Ring out. Right. Um, I could see it, but I I don't know. I, I think okay. we I think we put Elden Ring in because Elden Ring was just such a such a moment. It's it's going to be so influential uh, this year, and it is a good game. You know, I didn't play it, but everyone obviously. I mean, it probably I feel like it swept Game of the Year throughout the whole industry. Yeah, people so. are going to be bad enough that it's not like number one or two for us. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, and that's okay. That's totally okay. Um, I like the look of this list. I really do. Yeah. I really do. It's a good it's a list. Good one. It's a good fucking list, man. Um, all right. I mean, are we locking this in? Locking this in? I'm fucking lock it in. It's locked. It's locked. All right. No further right. discussion. <laughs> all right. Here this we go. This is the list. Number five, Elden Ring. Might be a shocker to some. Number four, Dwarf Fortress. Three, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Two, God of War Ragnarok. 2022, PlayStation Port Game of the Years. Gran Turismo 7. Yes. Yes, it is. Get in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> joins, joins our little Hall of Fame here. It also has the Lewis Hamilton Museum still, so uh, yeah. Let's, True. Let's yeah, go. No, that's, that's good. Absolutely. Get in there, Lewis. Lewis Hamilton, Game of the... You know, <laughs> Grand Turismo 7 joins so we started this podcast in 2016 which feels like an eternity ago at this point yeah we didn't do like a game of the year like we do it now so now so really 2017 gave it to Hellblade saying he was sacrificed 2018 God of War 2019 Sekiro Shadows Die Twice 2020 Hades 2021 Final Fantasy 14 and Walker now 2022 Grand Turismo 7 hell yeah that's a hell of a fucking list right there yeah I'm really happy about that <laughs> um, I, I am too I am too yeah Grand Turismo 7 congratulations <clears throat> man there are so many good games it's just like they they all came out in, in spurts um, gonna be doing a lot of catching up but there's not much time to catch up um, because the first quarter of 2023 is looking pretty fucked up for anyone who wants to try to play everything um we went over that on the last episode i know it's been a little while so apologize for that um yeah but yeah 2023 could be a a bloodbath at the end of the year we'll see but i'm also kind of you know it happens every year but i'm curious on some of the other games that might sneak up in 2023, I mean, there's a lot of potential on the AAA side that we talked about, but, you know, this year had, you know, on your list, Citizen Sleeper, Dwarf Fortress, um, you know, Vampire Survivors is another game that kind of snuck up on people this year. I'm curious what what might happen in 2023. As well All right, then. called shot. What do you think it's going to be? What do you think, what do you think Goatee 2023 might be? Um, Because oh, I already man. know what it's going to be. Well, I think I don't know, but I have a pretty good hunch. I think there's some bias here, um, and I'm not speaking for myself, although it is totally possible it could be it for me. But I think there's some industry bias, and it's going to be tear, tears of the kingdom, Zelda. Okay. I think for us, it's going to be Baldur's Gate three. Yeah, I I can see that for for our our podcast. Absolutely. I mean, Larian's fucking. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I can see that. Absolutely. And I can also see that being, you know, I, I'm not. don't get me wrong, I can see it getting some recognition and things like that, but I feel like that's a game that might get overlooked come game of the year time. Yeah. yeah. But it might not from us if it's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I think that that's it. Um, we'll have a normal episode, our first normal episode of the new year coming up uh, soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about 2022? I do not. Solid year. Looking forward to what this year has. Looking forward to our next show as well. I've um, I've finished a, a number of games here, and so I'm looking forward to uh, chat about some of that stuff next next episode. Yeah. So. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll... Maybe one of these days we'll get around to playing uh, Dark Tide. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely looking uh, forward to that. Yeah. Alrighty, we're going to call it there. Our game of the year again, Gran Turismo 7, followed by God of War Ragnarok, Kirby the Forgotten Land, Dwarf Fortress, and Elden Ring. All of our other awards I'll list in uh, the podcast description here. Actually, we'll just say them out loud right now. Uh, Too Much Focus Testing Award, Horizon Forbidden West, Fuck Your Last Boss Fight Award, Metal Hellsinger, The Best Boss Fight, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, The Tear in My Eye, Pentiment, The Time Machine, Ghost of Dwarf Fortress, Holy Shit That Came Out This Year, Rainbow Six Extraction, and The Game I Forgot I Played, Diablo Immortal, the best game I played this year but didn't play enough, Empire Survivors. And a, the apology to game, the video games, I've got uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Xenoblade 3, Norco, Immortality, but the winner, Square Enix, Final Fantasy, uh, Origins, and, 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 their, and all their tactics games. Every single one <laughs> that I did not play. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but I'm not sorry to say that this is the end of our Game of the Year podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Until then, do all the good things. Rate and review us. Share us with your friends. Send us questions. You know, the, the stuff in the description. All, the, all that good stuff. Um, we'll be back next time uh, with a normal episode. Until then, be good to each other. Play your video games. And happy gaming. <laughs>